Welcome to the New Beginning Fellowship Church Sermon Podcast. We are glad you are listening to the teaching of the Word of the Lord. We pray that this message encourages you and builds your faith. We also pray that this message is only supplemental to your spiritual growth instead of being a replacement for daily personal Bible study, the pastor you should be submitted to, or the church God would have you to be an active member of. If you live within driving distance of Brobridge, Louisiana, we hope that you would come to visit us during one of our services on Sunday morning or Wednesday night. Service times, ministry information, and giving options are all located on our website at newbeginningfc.com or on our Facebook page at New Beginning Fellowship Church. May the Lord bless you and keep you and make His face to shine upon you. Jesus, amen. Tonight we'll be going into the book of Psalm of the 27th chapter. It's such an awesome chapter. We're going to go through all of it. I'm not going to really go to a lot of detail, but we will hit some, you know, spots in it. And just to really look at this, this uh, chapter, it's a beautiful chapter. Have you ever read the Psalms and just look what they says to you? Has the Holy Spirit ever said, hey, I want you to read this Psalm, this chapter? You went in there and you read it, and it was speaking directly to you. The situation that you you were going through, you're like, man, this this fits me right here, this situation. Not only that, but the hope and the encouragement that the Lord gives us through his word. Amen. It's powerful. Amen. Let's pray tonight. Father, we just ask for your anointing tonight. We ask you to have your way, Lord. There's so much that can be said in this chapter, and I ask you just to lead me and guide me by your spirit, Lord that you would have your way and that your people would be edified, encouraged, and strengthened to trust you and follow you, Lord. And we're so thankful that we're going to see a picture, a little bit of David's life and what he went through and how faithful you were with him, Lord. And you know, respect to our persons. If you did it for him, you do it for us. You are the same yesterday, today, and forevermore, and we trust you, Lord. Help us, Lord, to trust you. In Jesus' name, and the church says, amen. And so we know that the word psalm really means the definition of that as a sacred psalm or poem used in worship especially, amen. Hallelujah, amen. And so what is a psalm? It's a song that's put into music, a song, right? And it's experiences of God's people with God and circumstances and situations, It speaks of uh, when God created the world. It speaks of deliverance and promises and healing, petitions and prayers and requests. It deals with the heart of man and fear and everything. There's so much that is entailed in the book of Psalm. There's 150 chapters, and I know that you know this. We know that the last chapter is talking about everything that has bread. Praise the Lord. So there's praise in these songs. There's petitions and prayers. There's so much that's involved in here. And so what I want to lay down the groundwork right now real quick before I get into this chapter is how many songs do you like over the year, Christian songs that just really minister to your heart and mind. There was an anointing on that song. And when you'd hear it, sometimes it made you joyful. Sometimes maybe it made you cry. Sometimes some of the songs maybe just want to draw you closer to the Lord. Well, you know, there was a price to be paid with them songs. 
When you hear a song like that and it is dealing with your heart, I will guarantee you the writer or the writer knew the person that went through an experience to get them lyrics on paper. There was a price to be paid that somebody that went through to see God's faithfulness, whether it was sickness or whatever it was in their life, and God pulled them through or whatever happened, but God did it. So when we look at this chapter tonight, I want you to have a picture in your mind that we're literally going to be kind of looking at David's life because it is dealing with the life of David. Now, some of the scholars are going back and forth about when they thought this area, this, this period of time happened with this uh, chapter, uh, something that happened when Absalom, his son, after he was king, was, you know, was going after him and chasing him. But many others, the majority, I would believe, would say was prior to him being king when Saul was still king and Saul was pursuing him. And so as we look at these scriptures, just think about that. We're looking into the life of David. And we're going to see a lot tonight. What some of the things he went through and how faithful God was to him. Amen. And that's the God that we serve. We can trust him of whatever we're going through. We can look to him. When things are not working out right, we can't understand things, or we don't know where we're going. We can look to Him, and I love this this chapter. You know that many believers like to use this chapter; they like to pray it and use it. I'm fine with that. I really am because it is the promises of God. It's His Word. It's precious. God's word is the way he communicates to us, the way he relates to us human beings, the way he can, he can express himself to us. Isn't that what we want? These love letters, when we read them, we get to see who he is and some of his attributes and his character. And I thank God for that, that we're not under religion, but we're in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So what I'd like to do, I'll just read the first six verses at first, and then we'll go through them, and then I'm just going to go just a little bit in the the remainder of the verses, 14 verses overall. We're going to try to, I believe we can get through it tonight. There's 14 verses in Psalms 27. And so let's read some of this and see what the Lord has to say. And pretty much the majority have given David credit of writing this psalm right here, the 27th chapter. It says, the Lord, this is the ESV version, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? Amen. When evil doers assail me to eat my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Verse 3, though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war rise against me, yet will I be confident. Verse 4, one thing have I asked of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Verse 5. For he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high upon a rock. Verse 6. And now my head shall be lifted above my enemies all around me. 
and I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. So here we got a picture. The first verse, uh, six verses in this chapter are dealing with David's experience and his confidence in the Lord. Now verses, uh, uh, the verses of um, 7 through 12, you start seeing that David is petitioning and praying unto God. In the last two verses, 13 and 14, you see that now he's settled in his heart. He's confident again with hope in God to wait upon him. And so this is our human nature, right? There are times in our walk in Christ that we feel so confident in him. Everything's good, you know what I mean? And even when things are not good, we just have this confidence and this faith in him that nothing could push us, you know, to the side. We're just so confident in him. But then there come seasons in our lives where we have that experience. We know what the Lord has pulled us through, but we still give in to the fear. We still give in to our emotions. We give in to the, to the conditions and situations that we're going through, and we get our eyes off the Lord. And so even in this chapter, it talks about David even praying out to God out loud and crying out to him, which we should do when we come to times when we just feel really weak. We know within ourselves we are truly weak, right? When we are weak, then he is strong. But you know what I mean, that, that weakness that it, there's just not that, that you're not 100% confident or me or us that he's going to pull us through or we're not, not going to get through this situation. But yet God is able to work through all that. And sometimes he even works through that to draw us even closer to him so that we would cry out to him. Amen. That's what we want, to cry out to him, to seek his face, and for him to, to settle in our hearts, to have confidence in him and peace of mind, even if we don't receive the results yet, but we can trust him that he's working it all out. Hallelujah. So that's the three breakdowns in that chapter right there. Amen. And so it says, the Lord, verse 1, is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. And whom shall I be afraid? David uses the word Lord in their capitalized letter. Going back, remember, to the teaching of the attributes of God, that the capital letters of Lord, all, all four letters, means Jehovah. Remember, the covenant God with Israel. David is in covenant with God. Here he's an Israelite, right? Amen. And it's so it says that the self-existing one. So David says, the Lord, amen, the existing one, Jehovah, is my light and my salvation. One of the definitions for light in here, it says Jehovah as Israel's light. It is he that brings light into this nation. It is he that puts light before the believer, before David, in the path for him to walk. But he also says he's my salvation. Whom shall I fear? He said my salvation really doesn't mean in this part as far as, as, far as a definition for salvation, but it really means deliverance and rescue and liberty. Now let me stop for a moment here real quick so we can, well I should have did this, but I'm sorry, forgive me. Let's paint a picture a little bit more on this foundation. We're at a situation right now that obviously when we look in this chapter, David has been through some hardship. He has been on the run. Remember, we can go into First Samuel, and we look in there in some of the chapters how David 
was appointed by God, called by God, by the prophet, to be the next king of Israel. Amen? And so he was set to the side for a while. And then the people had this decision that they wanted a king like the other nations. Remember? They want a king like the other nations. And so Samuel uh, petitions that before the Lord. And the Lord says, give them what they want. And so because of the, of the people's doing, they didn't get the right king to rule over Israel. And so that being said and done, there came a time, and, and the brother, he, he preached this good Sunday morning, right? Our brother, amen, about David and Goliath. A time when David came into the camp, and the Lord used him to bring this giant down and to restore Israel. Respect from all the other nations. They were fearful. But something happened. As David married into the family with King Saul, Saul started getting jealous. Remember the songs of the women when they said that, King, that Saul has killed his thousands, but David his ten thousands. That's where it started. When you look at David's character at the beginning, he was obedient, he was faithful. Remember, whatever the king asked of him, he would do it. And now all of a sudden, the same king that he has been faithful to and been underneath and working, now wants to kill him. And now is pursuing him and wanting to eliminate him. And so that's where we're at right here. And so we really don't know when David wrote this, this psalm right here. Sometimes I wonder if it was in maybe possibly the cave of uh, Dulem. Only God knows, but I believe he was doing it when he was on the run. Let me paint you another little picture so we really understand the pursuit of Saul over David. This, this went on for years, years. We're talking probably about overall, if I'm right, I'm going to guesstimate about 13 years overall that he was pursuing David. Think about that. That's a lot of years. And so we know that God is going to use it for his glory. And I believe those things were permitted because God had to get David to a point of breaking him down to prepare him to become this leader over Israel, right? You don't want to just put a novice or a beginner in there. That, that would just mess things up. So there was a process that he had to go through. So now you can see in these first six verses that David is confident at this point how the Lord has seen him through and has delivered him even amongst his enemies. And so we're going to look at some of the examples tonight on that. I'm sorry about that. I should have went with that a little bit earlier. And so that's why he can say, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? He also says, The Lord is the stronghold of my life. And whom shall I be afraid? Amen. Stronghold, a refuge and a fortress, a shelter. Even though David was out there and he was being pursued, he knew that his real fortress, his real shelter was in God Almighty. Even though he might have been hiding in a cave or out in the open field of the elements, he knew that truly God was his refuge and fortress. Isn't that what's quoted by Moses in Psalms 91? Amen. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. And why can't David say this? Why could he say this? First Samuel chapter 17 verse 37 says this. And David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. 
And Saul said to David, go, and the Lord be with you. You see, we have experience here now of how the Lord has worked in, in David's life. And so we continue in the second verse. It says, when evildoers assail me to eat my flesh, my adversary and foes, as it is they who stumble and fall. And so the word there in Hebrew for eat up is, means to devour, to slay by sword. And I could give you another example. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 44, remember what, Phil, what, the, what the Goliath said to David. He said, come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and to the beast of the field. Remember that? But that didn't work out that way, did it? What happened? Well, what does this verse say? It is they who stumble and fall. We know that Goliath fell completely and never got up again. So you can see the confidence that, that David has in his God. I'm just using some of the examples of the word of what he experienced as I'm bringing out this chapter. Verse 3 says, Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war arise against me, yet I will be confident. Amen. And what is he confident in? That Jehovah God is his light and his salvation and his stronghold. And whom shall I fear? Confidence is just a verb meaning to trust. To trust someone or something. Amen. So very confident in these first six verses. And that is the human nature. There's times that we're just way up there and we're so confident in the Lord. But that can change like the thermostat of the weather. <laughs> just with a flip. Just with one button. And so he's confident. It says, though an army cap encamp against me, my heart shall not fear, though war arise against me. Yet I will be confident. 1 Samuel chapter 23, verse 14 gives an example on this. And it says, verse 14 starts like this. It says, And David remained in the strongholds in the wilderness, in the hill country of the wilderness of Zeph. And Saul sought him every day, but God did not give him into his hand. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, God is good, isn't he? Amen. First Samuel chapter 23, verse 7 is another example. It said, now it was told Saul that David had come to Keilah, and Saul said, God has given him into my hand, for he has shut himself in by entering a town that has, that, that has gates and bars. Amen. Hallelujah. Verse 12 says that David said, and David's asking the Lord this question about the situation as he's in the city and as Saul's outside waiting for him. Then David said, will the men of Keilah surrender me and my men into the hand of Saul? And the Lord said, they will surrender you. Verse 13, then David and his men were about 600 arose and departed from Keilah and they went wherever they could go. When Saul was told that David had escaped from Keilah, he gave up the expedition. Tell me, David does not have some of the experience that he's writing down of God's faithfulness and protecting him even against his own enemies. Can you imagine how David felt in his heart that not only was this his king of Israel, Saul, but it was his father-in-law. He was married into the family. 
And yet he was still after his life wanting to slay him. We know the story that Saul finally got to a point that the demons were tormenting him. And that's why we know the story how David entered into his life by playing the anointed music. Remember, it would push back the spirits, but then after all, they would come back. And so David, his heart is injured. He's hurt. He's wondering why these things are happening to him. But like I said earlier, there's a process that he even has to go through before he can even get to the throne. He must be tried and be broken down. There's things that have to go out of his life in order for God to prepare him to be the king over Israel. And so look at David's heart in verse 7. Verse 7 says, One thing have I asked of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. He's speaking confidently, if I believe, if I'm correct, of saying, one day I'm going to be there in Jerusalem, be able to worship God and to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. And it's funny he uses the word temple because that is not going to be erected yet till Solomon, remember? In Solomon's day, not David's. So basically all they have was really the Ark of the Covenant and like a tabernacle, a place of a covering for, the, for, for uh, the Ark of the Covenant. And so he speaks this. This is David's heart. He's saying, I've been through so much, but I know, I know that one day I'll be able to be back into the house of God. That is his faith. That is his confidence. Even all that he's been through and all that his enemies have tried to do to him, to slay him. And God's seen that. David's heart was always to the Lord. And we know his story. We know what he went through, the good, the bad, the ugly. And I love the Bible because that's what the Bible is so truthful. It tells you all that happens. It gives a lot of description in David's life. That's why I love David's life. But one thing about David, and I, I want you to think about this just for a second, even though he did different hideous crimes and sins, but one thing about David, that he was different than all the, the majority of the kings after him, is that he was faithful to God. Solomon chased after false gods, and then the rest of the kings, the majority of them, did the same thing. But David's heart was unto the Lord. That's something to think about. His heart was to him. Verse 5 says, For he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high upon a rock. 1 Samuel chapter 22 verse 1 says this, David departed from there and escaped to the cave of Adullam. And when his, and when his brothers and all his father's house heard it, they went down there to him. This is a point in David's life that he's out of, really out of the will of God. He is in the territory of the Philistines. Amen. He is just desperate to wanting to survive. And so he's protected for a while in this cave. Even, even when well, that David was going through, God still protected and had his hand upon him. In verse 6, this ends this one section. He says, And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me, and I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. 
1 Samuel chapter 24, verse 20. Here's the picture. Saul is pursuing after David. He's got 3,000 men with him. And Saul goes into a cave, and David and his men are already in that cave. And David goes up there and just cuts the corner of his robe and it smote his heart. He was convicted. He said, I have touched the anointed. We are not to do that. And David told his men not to slay Saul, even though they had the opportunity to do it. And so when they finally all came out of that cave, Dave mentioned to him, David mentioned that he showed the piece of his cloth that he cut off his robe and said, look, the Lord delivered you into my hands and I could have had your life, but I chose not to. And this is what Saul tells him. Saul says this to David. He said, now behold, I know that you shall surely be king and that the kingdom of Israel shall be established in your hand. God gave David just a little hope right there. And so you see the confidence that David had in the first six verses. I gave you some examples of his personal life of what he went through as he was being pursued and how God has been faithful to protect him. But then it changes. We look at verse 7, and here's where it gets really, where for some reason, and it's not for some reason, I should say it's in our human nature. This is where David starts petitioning God to pray. And it's just not some little, you know, two-minute prayer, you know, calm. But let's read what it says. It says, Hear, O Lord, and when I cry aloud, Be gracious to me and answer me. Even though David has had the experience in the first six verses of confidence of God's protection and his faithfulness, it's in our human nature that there'll be times that we push, we we pull back a little in our faith and we get weak in our faith, to be honest with you. And we start focusing on the circumstances or the situation that is going on. So he continues to petition the Lord. He says, verse 9, Hide not your face from me. Turn not your servant away in anger. O you who have been my help. Cast me not off. Forsake me not. O God of my salvation. Verse 10, For my mother, for my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. And so he's petitioning the Lord for a reason, the circumstance. He even says, for my father and mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. In other words, what he's saying, all could forsake me, but I know that God will take me in. But I'm just crying out to you right now because my faith is not as confident as it was. And the situation that I find me myself right now is starting to fade. I'm crying out to you, but I know as I continue to cry out to you, you are going to strengthen me. Isn't that what we do sometimes in our own personal walk? Here's something to learn. In verse 11, he says, Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me on a, uh, on a level path because of my enemies. He's saying, Lord, teach me whatever you're trying to tr- teach me in the situation that I find myself. You know, that's hard to say sometimes when we're going through it. Just say, Lord, I don't know what you're trying to teach me, but help me to learn. You're trying to teach me something through this trial or tribulation. You're trying to do something in my life. How hard is that sometimes when we're going through it? We want the easy way out, right? Where's the exit door at, Lord? And let me get out of this mess. 
that's not how God always works. There's always a reason. Amen. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me on a level path because of mine enemies. David is saying, Lord, teach me your path, which is a path of righteousness, because I know that if I follow this road unto you, no matter how my enemies try, they're not going to be able to overtake me and slay me because I'm following you, Lord. You are that level path of righteousness. He's continuing to pray to God about this. In verse 12, he says, Give me not up to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and they breathe out violence. So David ends his petition and his prayer right there in verse 12. He's cried his heart out to the Lord. Remember when Saul said that he's going to be king one day? Right? He said that you'll be king one day to rule over the people. What you have to understand, when Saul made that, that, that comment to David, that was just halfway through what he would be going through. It was another process on the other side where they would have another altercation. And then finally, and one, and later on, he would finally become king. But there was a process even after that promise. And what Saul said, that he would still go through some things. Amen. It's easy to lose heart when we go through things. Even years of experience in the Lord and seeing many battles won in our life. I'm so thankful that God's understanding, that he loves us and he's gracious to us because we do fail him. But I do believe in, 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 in prayer. There's not power in prayer. As you've seen David here crying out to the Lord, but it, the power is directed. I mean, the power is the Lord, as we pray to him. He is the power source. He is everything. God is able to change things or change our heart or give us strength when we pray and cry out to him. And this is why David could say in these last two verses in this chapter, with confidence now, remember? Very confident the first six verses. Then for some reason he starts losing heart. Then he starts crying out to God, petitioning him. But then he gets back where he needs to be. It's settled in his heart. All right, I have prayed. I have petitioned. And now, this is the awesome part. It says, verse 13 says, I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I'm trusting you, the attribute of your goodness, God, in the land of the living. In other words, what he's saying, my confidence is in you, that no matter how hard my enemy try, I'm still going to live. I'm going to live an old age. I'm going to be able to go to your temple. I'm going to be able to worship you and gaze at your beauty. We read these scriptures and I can just flip through them, but we don't really understand what David went through. I know my bro behind over there at the sound system understands some things, understands the nature of man. But David's life was on the line many times. And through it all, the Lord seen him through and protected him. And he petitioned the Lord and he cried out to him saying, I know I will be one of those amongst the land of the living. I'm not going to perish. You're going to see me through. And it came to pass. 
We know that David died of old age, remember? He died of old age after all that he went through. Now verse 14. David has settled in his heart. Because this is what he says to himself. These last two verses, he's really speaking out of his own heart to himself. He said, wait for the Lord and be strong. And let your heart take courage. Courage, Wait for the Lord. The Lord will give strength to those who hope in him. He settled in his heart. Lord, I petitioned you. Now I'm going to wait on you. I will I know that I'm going to live, and you're going to see me through, and I trust you. And from that, from that, he can go back to verse 1 where it says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? Thank you, Jesus. That's what I bring to you tonight. We're human. We go through things, but God is gracious. Our experience as we learn this, it's a cycle. We're going to keep going through this and going through it through our whole life as we wait on the Lord. Whether we go to the grave or the rapture happens, we will continue in this. There will be times that we'll feel very strong in the Lord and confident, and then there will be times that we feel weak. Remember the scripture. Remember the Lord is with you. No matter what, until he see us through. It's a powerful scripture. That whole chapter is powerful. <clears throat> That's the chapter that me and Joanna were like looking at last year after several months with going on with the COVID and everything and just all the chaos. And we just started praying and the Lord gave her that chapter. I read that chapter and it just brought peace to me. I said, Lord, you're going to see us through. We don't understand this whole situation, but you're still in control. And he settled it in our heart that we could have peace. We don't have to have fear of the things that were coming. And they did come. They're still kind of working right now. But God is faithful. Amen. I pray that you got something out of this tonight as far as the scripture. And I, I, would, I would even ask you, if you want, go into this chapter deeper. You'll get a lot more out of it you'll really see the faithfulness of God in David's life. I love David's life because he's us. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Amen. Oh, God's grace. It shows it all, what he's done for him, how faithful he was for him. I'm thankful for that because I want grace. I know we all want grace. Amen. We want grace. We want to show grace to one another. Amen. Thank him for his grace and his faithfulness that we can have confidence in him. I'll make one more comment. I'm going to get ready to be quiet. But if David and Moses and them were able to do this, and I know I've repeated this many times in the past, to be able to do this under the old covenant, how much more can we now with the Holy Spirit dwelling within us? How much more do we have now? Because what Christ did at Calvary, he has opened the door for us to have a relationship with our Father and to be able to experience him, worship him in spirit and truth and have the Holy Spirit dwell within us. God is dwelling within us. We don't have to feel forsaken or nothing, but you know how we are. Sometimes our, our emotions and circumstances override 
our confidence in the Lord. But when them things happen, just get back up. Lord, forgive me. And grab my hand. Lord, I need you. And he's with us. I love you. I'm just trying to be real tonight. Just as real as we can be and be transparent that we all go through it. Thank God for his grace. Can we all stand?